Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. A close call for Team USA this morning at the Women's World Cup. But they are moving on. It's August the 1st, and this is today. Nailbiter, the Americans survive a scare from Portugal overnight to punch their ticket to the next round. But their tie means a tough road ahead in the quest for an historic third title in a row. We'll break it all down. Breaking overnight, yet another drone attack in Moscow. The same skyscraper targeted two days in a row. Russia pointing the finger at Ukraine. We're live with very latest and the impact on the war. School shooting, a gunman opens fire outside of a Hebrew school in Memphis after failing to get inside that building. The suspect eventually shot by police and arrested. I personally truly believe that we have avoided a tragedy. I think the suspect was going to harm somebody before the day was over. The investigation into the motive and why officials say it could have been so much worse. Indictment watch, the grand jury hearing evidence on Donald Trump's election interference meeting today. A decision that could come at any minute. A live report from the courthouse straight ahead. All that plus remembering Paul Rubens. Tributes pouring in for the actor behind the beloved Pee Wee Herman. Inside his secret battle with cancer and the star's final message to fans. And back in action, DeMar Hamlin takes a major step in his comeback after that frightening cardiac arrest on the field. It feels amazing. It's a roller coaster of emotions. The new milestone in his remarkable recovery today, Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Welcome to today. So happy you're joining us on this Tuesday morning. Some people have been up since 3 a.m. because they and were. Those wa- people have no nails left. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> that World Cup, it was a close, close oh. call for Team USA. Okay, the good news is we survived, yeah. all right? Yeah. Just that, just let's just get to the good <laughs> yeah. news. But while you were sleeping, the U.S. women narrowly, narrowly advanced to the knockout round. It was a scoreless draw against Portugal, but there was drama in this yeah. game. This result's going to have a big impact, too, on what's next for Team USA. We're going to talk about all of this with U.S. soccer legend Ashlyn Harris, who is right here in Studio 1A with us. She's Gotham FC's global creative advisor now, but Ashlyn, you have been there in these moments. All right, so look, we're moving on. What do you think? How is the team doing? How do you look at their performance Mm. so far? Well, we're always critical, right? So the players know the standard. It's just not good enough right now. But the thing is, we're moving forward. We cannot push the panic button. There is no script to a World Cup. We continue building. We find our feet. We find our joy and passion. That's why we play this game. Everyone is in this, oh my God mode. Freaking out. We're moving forward. No one's going to care at the end of the tournament. 
how it looked in group stage. Yeah. We are winners through and through. You have to find a way and it doesn't always look pretty. Well, how can you, because there did seem to be panic on the pitch. Like mm-hmm. that's sort of what it felt like watching. It was like Portugal seemed to have the upper hand. I, I mean, you felt like you wanted to calm them down. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, these players are young, young. very young. And, and that, that they just don't have that experience yet. So that nervous energy is actually running through all of them. And it's so contagious. Vlaco, the coach has to go in there and say, Hey, we are here for a reason. We are the best team in the world for a reason. Bring your individual special talent and gift to the pitch Mm -hmm. and everything will sort itself out. Right now we're kind of playing out of body. People are doing things they really usually wouldn't do. Yeah. And we have to calm and find our, yeah, we just Mm -hmm. have to relax at this point. It feels like it's, it's mostly mental at this point. It's not about their physical skills. It's right up here. Absolutely. And now we're at knock, we're at the knockout stage. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more pressure. So that's that's sudden death. You lose, you're out. You lose, you're You're done. So there's no guarantee they have to be able to deliver in these moments because we don't get a second chance moving two, forward. Two quick things. You spoke to Megan Rapino just at moments before you came mm-hmm. on the set. Mm-hmm. Tell us what she said or how she's feeling. She's such a leader yeah. through and through. She, she knows the importance of gathering this team, calming everyone down and understanding what is ahead. And this potentially could be Sweden a team we're very familiar with. Yeah. We should have, we should have a lot of confidence moving into a game like this. This is just a simple, like, there's no script here. Yeah. Everything is not perfect. We aren't first place in the group, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. The best teams in the world, no matter who they go up against, they will find a team to uh, find a way to win. Yeah. And there's no exception here. I believe in this team, no matter what. Come on, Ashlyn. No matter on, what. Ashlyn. We need you in the locker room. Yes. We'll find a way to yes. win. Yeah. Yeah. Forward. That's the word. That's the word. Okay. All right, Ashlyn. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate it. Good to get, see you. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. If you want more coverage on the Women's World Cup, you can check out Telemundo and Peacock, both covering it. Let's turn now to breaking news overnight. A skyscraper in Moscow hit by a second drone attack in just two days. Russia quick to blame Ukraine. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel joins us now with the very latest Hi, Richard. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Hoda. It happened again. In fact, some people in Moscow were looking at this building hit by a drone on Sunday, inspecting the previous damage, when suddenly they heard a new blast and started running. President Putin's war in Ukraine is now coming home to Russia, right to the capital. Another drone this morning slipped through Moscow's defenses, smashing and exploding into a high-rise, housing three government ministries in the business district. There were no reports of casualties from the early-hour blast, which targeted the very same building attacked by drones on Sunday. Russia blames Ukraine for the attacks, which are intensifying rapidly in and around Moscow. The drones are doing very little damage. They're small and light. These seem more akin to psychological operations to expose ordinary Russians to the conflict and embarrass President Putin. Over the weekend, Ukraine's President Zelensky didn't claim responsibility for the drone attacks, but didn't exactly deny them either, saying the war is now shifting to Russia, calling the move just. This morning, Russia retaliated with its own drone strikes, targeting a student dormitory in the Ukrainian city of Kharkiv. There were no students in at the time. 
That was not the case yesterday, when Russia fired two missiles at an apartment building full of civilians in President Zelensky's hometown, killing officials say at least six people, including a young girl and her mother. Ukraine has promised not to use Western-supplied weapons for attacks outside its borders. Ukraine has been developing its own fleet of armed drones, experimenting to extend their range and make them harder to stop. It's a homegrown industry, and it's one of Ukraine's top priorities now. Hoda. All right, Richard Engel for us on that story. Richard, thank you. Also this morning, police in Memphis are trying to determine why a man tried to break into a Hebrew school, then opened fire on the building in what they're calling a potential mass shooting. The suspect fled the scene before he was eventually shot and wounded by officers. NBC's Blaine Alexander now. Blaine, good morning. Well, Savannah, good morning to you. This was an unbelievably close call. In fact, officials say that this potential mass shooting was stopped only by a locked door. Now, school was out for the summer, but there were people working inside. And this morning, officials are crediting a strong school safety plan with potentially saving lives. It's the bone-chilling emergency call describing the terrifying scene unfolding outside a Hebrew school in Memphis. There was a male white wearing a green shirt on a property armed with a gun. Authorities say that suspect tried to force his way inside Margolin Hebrew Academy, but was met with a closed door. When he couldn't get inside, he opened fire. A suspect did try to enter the building armed with a gun. When he could not gain entry, he fired shots outside the school. In a letter sent to parents obtained by NBC News, school officials say the suspect encountered a contract worker with whom he had a brief confrontation, saying the suspect fired two shots from the gun while retreating and an additional two shots while leaving. He then took off in a pickup truck, triggering a massive manhunt, with police immediately putting other potential targets in the area on high alert. We need officers to go to every Jewish facility in the city of Memphis with that broadcast and description in case he tries another facility. It all came to an end less than five miles away when police cornered the suspect who emerged from his truck with a gun and was shot by officers. He was taken to the hospital in critical condition. Incredibly, no one else was injured and police are praising school officials for their fast action. They were able to provide us with a photograph of the suspect. They also provided us with the vehicle description that the suspect left. According to Tennessee Representative Steve Cohen, the suspect is a former student at Margolin Hebrew Academy, although police have not confirmed that. The incident that police have described as a potential mass shooting is leaving many parents deeply shaken. So many emotions, you know, nervous, angry, scared anxious. Gila Golder, who has two young children in the school, says she's grateful officials had a safety plan in place. Security is is absolutely a priority for our community. Now, this latest incident comes on the heels of a school shooting at a Nashville school back in March. That incident left three children and three adults dead. Now, that, of course, sparked a number of statewide calls, including from lawmakers, to strengthen gun laws and also strengthen security at Tennessee schools. Savannah, those calls have only grown louder with this latest incident. Back to you. All right, Blaine Alexander. Thank you, Blaine. Let's move to Washington, where a grand jury investigating efforts to overturn the 2020 election is expected to reconvene today. Donald Trump now predicting he could face charges in that case, quote, any day down. Meanwhile, one of his Mar-a-Lago employees named in that case of mishandled classified documents has now appeared in court. NBC's Garrett Hakes covering all this for us. Hey, Garrett, good morning. 
Hey, Hoda, good morning. It's been two weeks now since Donald Trump told the world he's a target of the investigation that that grand jury is conducting in the courthouse behind me, an investigation he now says he believes will soon end with his indictment. This morning, former President Trump's co-defendant in the classified documents case, Mar-a-Lago employee Carlos de Oliveira, is out on bond, entering no plea during his first court appearance in Miami Monday. Prosecutors say Mr. Trump asked de Oliveira to delete security camera footage at the estate in order to obstruct the investigation. Now, another indictment of the former president is looming, tied to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election, with Mr. Trump warning on social media that an indictment could come, quote, any day now, attacking election interference and prosecutorial misconduct. These are ridiculous indictments. In Washington, the grand jury hearing evidence in the case is scheduled to meet today. Meanwhile, in Georgia, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, investigating Mr. Trump for election interference there, is set to present her case to a grand jury. The work is accomplished. We've been working for two and a half years. We're ready to go. It comes as a Georgia judge has rejected a Trump bid to shut down the DA's investigation while blasting the former president's lawyers for, quote, unnecessary and unfounded legal filings ahead of a potential indictment. Despite the legal troubles swirling around Mr. Trump, a new poll shows the former president still dominating the 2024 GOP field, ahead of his closest rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, by 37 points, with the rest of the field far behind. According to the poll, even those who don't support Mr. Trump want to defend him, with 71 percent of Republican primary voters saying the party must stand behind him in the face of his criminal charges. Still, DeSantis on Fox News suggesting the former president has amassed too much baggage to beat President Biden next year. I think that there's too many voters who just aren't going to vote for him going forward. Voters may not agree with the governor's assessment there. The same poll shows President Biden and Mr. Trump locked in a 43 percent tie in a hypothetical 2020 re-election rematch. Oda. All right, Garrett Hake for us here at the courthouse. Garrett, thank you. All right, quarter after, we got Craig here. What are you following this hey, morning? Savannah, Hoda, good morning. Craig. Good morning to you as well. Uh, we're following some new developments in the investigations that surround Hunter Biden, his former business partner testifying behind closed doors on Capitol Hill. NBC's Peter Alexander joins us now with more on this one. So, uh, Peter, first of all, what did we learn from that testimony yesterday? Yeah, Craig, so Hunter Biden's former business partner, his name is Devin Archer. He answered questions for about four hours, telling this Republican-led House committee that President Biden sold the illusion of access to his father. Lawmakers say Archer insisted that Joe Biden was never directly involved in his son's financial dealings, but that Hunter put his father on speakerphone with clients and former business associates roughly 20 times over 10 years, including when Biden was vice president, to try to impress them. The committee's top Republicans say that uh, Hunter was selling the Biden, quote, brand here. Still, a leading Democrat is pushing back on that, saying that this was all niceties, including asking about the weather, that Archer said there was not a single conversation about Hunter's business dealings. Republicans have made the argument that Joe Biden lied, that he had no involvement in his son's work, saying it's grounds for impeachment. Overnight, the White House, by the way, said the Republicans keep promising bombshell evidence, Craig, but keep failing to produce any, calling the attacks ridiculous.
Craig. Our chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander for us. Peter, thank you. Coming up on 718, a good time to check the weather. Mr. Roker, hey. Hey. Good morning, guys, and good morning to you. And depending on where you are, you're getting a little bit of a break from all that heat. Unfortunately, 43 million people still Phoenix right now. Uh, They're going to be part of this uh, heat watch, heat warnings uh, from Wichita down to Corpus Christi on into New Orleans. We are looking at hotter than normal temperatures, staying cool in the northeast, Great Lakes on into the mid-Atlantic, but record highs again down through the Gulf where we could see uh, records in San Angeles. Dallas, Hattiesburg, New Orleans, Corpus Christi, and Houston. And tomorrow, that heat continues from Tampa, New Orleans. We could see a record in uh, Houston, Texas, Del Rio, and Brownsville. But here in the Northeast, Great Lakes, temperatures more seasonal, and that's going to be nice and comfortable. Burlington, Vermont looks good. Low 80s here in New York City. Detroit into the mid-80s, but then dropping into the low 80s. And next week, where it's hot, it stays hot. But where it is nice and cool, well, there's you can see into the plains and parts of the western Great Lakes looking awfully nice. And that is your latest weather, guys. Mr. Roker, thank you very much. Coming up, Damar Hamlin reaching an emotional new milestone in his bid to resume his NFL career. And Sam Brock's following that story. Hi, Sam. Good morning. Hi, Savannah. Look, almost seven months to the day that DeMar Hamlin almost lost his life on Monday Night Football as the nation was watching him receive CPR. He is back in practice in full pads. How did it feel? What is his new mission, Savannah, after this entire ordeal that goes well beyond football? That story coming up right after this. All right, Tim, thank you. Plus, as the tributes pour in, we'll look back at the colorful life and career of Paul Rubens and the joy he brought to the world as his beloved character, Pee Wee Herman. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, first up this half hour, though, a new milestone for DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills safety just took part in his first practice with pads since he suffered cardiac arrest and collapsed on the field. That was seven months ago almost. NBC Sam Brock's got the story for us. Hey, Sam, morning. Yeah, guys, good morning. Those three words never sounded sweeter to number three. Back in pads. Monday's practice representing a remarkable turnaround for DeMar Hamlin, who can now take hits again. The inspirational defensive player on offense leading a CPR tour across the country, part of his new mission to save lives. With thousands cheering him on, it was a monumental Monday for Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin, the 25-year-old practicing in pads for the first time since suffering cardiac arrest following a routine hit during a January game last season. 
The nation watching as Hamlin received CPR on the field, nearly losing his life. It feels amazing. It's a roller coaster of emotions. I was kind of all over the place, you know, just kind of being back for the first time. Now, months after being cleared to return to football, and a day after scooping up a young fan, number three's presence in full pads, a welcomed sight. Hamlin admitted, while it's not easy, easing back under a bright spotlight, he welcomes the challenge. I think there's strength in, you know, going through a process in front of the, in front of everybody's eyes. You know, it, it shows vulnerability, it shows strength, it shows perseverance. Hamlin's recovery, an uplifting outlook, helping further his mission to serve others. That includes leading a recent CPR tour with his Chasing M's Foundation. They the reason why I'm standing here in front of you today. And honoring the Bills medical staff during an emotional tribute at last month's ESPY Awards. Tomorrow, first and foremost, thank you for staying alive, brother. <laughs> exactly one week before Hamlin retook the field, USC incoming freshman Bronny James, the son of NBA superstar LeBron James, collapsed during practice also suffering cardiac arrest. Within minutes of the news emerging, Hamlin sending prayers to Bronny and thanking the entire James family. They've been um, really big and supportive in reaching out to my family as well. I wanted to let him know I'll be there, you know, for whatever he needs on his journey as far as his recovery. Now, with Bronny discharged from the hospital and on the mend, Hamlin clearing a major hurdle of his own Monday and looking up to the sky in thanks. To be able to come out here and compete again, that's such a blessing. Life is bigger than football, but this is what I love to do. Oh, he does. Boy, what a blessing to see him in those pads. So now the next question, Sam, is when could he be back in a game, do you think? So, Hoda, the Bills' first preseason game comes up in less than two weeks. That's on August 12th, their season opener, September 11th against the New York Jets. Right now, it is not clear when Hamlin is going to get into game action, but the Bills are giving every indication they're going to let him go at his own pace. Hamlin says that you can't have hesitation. That's how you get hurt. But his faith is stronger than his fear. Wow. Hoda, back to you. Beautiful. All right, Sam Brock, for us here in Miami. Sam, thank you. And the Bills have a good squad this year, too. Yeah, I mean, this be could good. be a good year for them. Uh-uh. Uh, still ahead here this morning, surprising new guidelines on colon cancer screenings. And the guidelines could mean a major change for families. We're going to have everything you need to know. Yeah, but first, as tributes grow, we're going to remember the life and career of the star behind the beloved Pee Wee Herman series. Paul Rubens has passed right after this. Scene from 1985's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Tributes now pouring in for the man who brought that beloved character to life. Paul Rubens. Yeah, news of his death came as a shock to a lot of his fans around the world. Morning News Owl anchor Joe Fryer is here with more. Hi, Joe. Hey there. Good morning. So in his social media post yesterday, Paul Rubens rep revealed that the 70-year-old actor had passed away from cancer, something he'd been battling quietly for six years that he never shared publicly. This morning, friends and fans are remembering the comedic icon for delighting generations with his positivity and his belief in the importance of kindness. With his sassy one-liners, signature gray suit and red bow tie, and infectious laugh, actor Paul Rubens turned his character, Pee Wee Herman, into a pop culture icon. He was adored by young and old alike for his kind heart and playful expressions. 
That's my name. Don't wear it out. Born in upstate New York, Rubens honed his acting skills as a member of the L.A. improv troupe The Groundlings. He told Today that's where he first developed the Pee Wee Herman character. He focused on character work and developing and creating characters. So he came out of an improv uh, many years ago at The Groundlings. A Pee-wee HBO special and guest appearances on NBC's Late Night with David Letterman led to his first big break, the hit 1985 film Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I meant to do that. It was followed by his Saturday morning TV show Pee-wee's Playhouse, which ran for five seasons and won 15 Emmys. I'm proud of that show, and uh, we took it very seriously that we were affecting young minds. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that uh, a whole new generation of kids may find it now. Off-screen, Rubens weathered scandals, including a 1991 arrest for indecent exposure at an adult movie theater, later making light of it at the MTV VMAs. Heard any good jokes lately? Like his Pee-wee character, his career bounced back with two sequel films, including the 2016 Netflix special Pee-wee's Big Holiday, reaching a new generation of fans. Rubens also proved his acting chops with guest roles far from his Pee-wee persona on shows like Ally McBeal and The Blacklist, and darker films too, like 2001's Blow. I mean, I'm not really Pee-wee Herman, so... Um... Just for a long time, people didn't know that, so um, I don't think people really thought of me as an actor because I tried to make everyone think Pee Wee Herman was a real person. Tributes to Paul Rubens are now pouring in from his fans and famous friends. Conan O'Brien tweeted, His surreal comedy and unrelenting kindness were a gift to us all. Mark Hamill posted, Can't thank you enough for the lifetime of laughter. And Tim Burton, who directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure, wrote, He was a great artist. I'll miss him. Rubens Rep wrote that he had bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his trademark tenacity and wit. Also posting a message Rubens had written himself before passing, apologizing for not going public about his health battle and adding, I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. I will just note, we still, every holiday season, watch his holiday special, yeah. which was recorded in the 80s. It's like Cher and Little Richard wow. and Joan Rivers. I mean, just an oh, iconic. Man. It is just such a great wow. show. I, it gets us Well, Pee-wee's Playhouse. I mean, yeah. we were talking during the yeah. break. Lawrence Fishburne was a yes. main character. Phil Hartman yeah. exactly. also on that show. So exactly. he will be right. missed. Thank you, Joe. Thank, Thank you. you, Joe. All right, Mr. Roker, what you got? What an amazing talent he was. He will be missed, in fact. And as we take a look, they take a look to the skies this morning month, we've got two full moons. First one is tonight, the first full moon of the month. It's the Sturgeon moon. So we're going to be watching that. And then the end of the month, we've got a blue moon, the second full moon in the month of August. Blue moon. Both full moons will also be super moons. So they'll also occur and look much closer. The blue moons occur once every two to three years. So this is a real big deal. Now, also big deal. We could be looking at some flooding, flash flood warnings. In fact, throughout parts of Missouri, flash flood watches out through the Rockies. You can already see on the radar heavy showers and thunderstorms developing. We've got a risk of some severe weather later.
later today into parts of the northern plains, parts of North Dakota. This system will be pushing through heavy rain from Missouri into Arkansas. Then we look tomorrow, soaking rain spreading into the Midwest with a moderate flood risk for St. Louis, where we could see locally four inches or more of rain. So we'll be watching that very closely. And that is your latest weather. Yes, thank you, Al. Guys, coming up on Popstart, a star-studded edition. We've got Ed Sheeran, oh Harry Styles, Serena Williams. Whoa. We're talking about them all, Samantha. Cool. Okay, now we've got Vicki Wynn here uh-huh. with a creative solution to help you save on your family's back-to-school shopping. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.